Hey everyone, this is Jamie Bateman. Real quickly, I wanted to share with you something uh, that's been pivotal in the growth and success of my businesses, and that is my partnership with Haven Financial Services. Um, I've been working with Haven for over a year now. Christine Valdez was on episode 70 of this podcast. So go check that out if you want to hear her story. It was a fantastic personal story for sure. But Haven has been awesome. They provide me with monthly reports that are super clear and discernible. And it, that provides me with clarity and focus so that I can do what I do best, which is running my businesses, not preparing financial reports. Um, again, if you're in the market for a top-notch financial service company, uh, or if you just want to check one out, go to www.jamiebateman slash Haven and check out Haven Financial Services. Again, that's jamiebateman slash Haven. I uh, can't recommend them enough. Christine and her team have been fantastic. So I definitely recommend you check out Haven Financial Services at www.jamiebateman forward slash Haven. Let's get back to the show. Hey, everyone. This is Jamie. Um, I just had a Great chat with Sean Barbaras of More Than Money 360. He's the founder of the company. Um, this is a wealth transfer company that has a really a very a unique approach to uh, wealth transfer and working with wealthy families. It's based on a technology that they created um, and that they use. And now they're working on version six, he talked about, um, to help prepare high, you know, high wealth families um, to have meetings and plan for, you know, the successful generational uh, wealth transfer. And, you know, the, the whole point is that really this is more, it's more than just money. It's about more than just money. And his, his story is awesome. He's dealt with a lot of uh, personal challenges with regard to health you're going to you're going to hear about that um really a devastating diagnosis that he had to deal with back in 2010 and um some difficult ensuing years after that for sure um and then he talks about starting his current business and how it kind of really took off in 2016 um when he he flipped the priority of it used to be making money was first and serving others was second. And he flipped those. And now um, his whole passion is helping others, serving others, adding value, um, you know, in a unique way and also making a lot of money doing it. So we talk a lot about his entrepreneurial journey as well. Um, and, you know, how mentorship was key um, and how they've aligned, how they've kind of strategically aligned with, advisors in the space as opposed to the client themselves. Um, he gives some great book recommendations toward the end. And man, he's full of passion for sure. Um, he tells you that uh, sometimes his passion can be misinterpreted as, I think, uh, cockiness or stubbornness and that kind of thing. So full of energy. I'm glad we got the chance to sit down. I know you're going to learn a lot from Sean. Um, so enjoy. Inspiring stories of real people overcoming incredible odds to live life to the fullest. We are all guaranteed to face hardships. How will we handle the adversity? Join us to be moved by everyday people who have turned poverty into prosperity and weakness into wealth. Be inspired as these relatable heroes get vulnerable. And former counterintelligence investigator Jamie Bateman puts his interviewing skills to the test. 
Restore your faith in humanity as you experience true Cinderella stories of average people turning surreal struggle and deep despair into booming businesses and financial fortune. Take ownership of the life you are destined to live and turn your adversity into abundance. All right, here's the deal. You work hard for your money. Isn't it about time you put your money to work for you? If you are an accredited investor, check out labradorlending.com. Our Integrity Income Fund provides monthly cash flow from an investment backed by hard physical real estate. Our income fund, which is uncorrelated to publicly traded stocks and bonds, invests in first lien mortgage notes diversified by geography, property value, and borrower type. So you're not investing in one project. You're investing in a diversified portfolio of first lien mortgage notes. Our Integrity Income Fund aims to pay its investors monthly distributions at a preferred rate of return of 8% annually. Possibly the best part though, the fund showcases a short 12-month commitment. So you can invest your capital today and have access to that capital in one year. Check it out today, labradorlending.com. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. I am your host, Jamie Bateman. And today I'm excited to have with us Sean Barbarus of More Than Money 360. He's the founder of More Than Money 360. Sean, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Jamie. Thank you so much for having me. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. I'm excited to dive in. Um, I know we have a limited time here, so we're going to get right to it. So, who are you today? What are you up to today? And um, tell our listener kind of a little bit about your business and and uh, what you do today. Sure. Yeah. Well, today I've spent most of my time on uh, various Zoom meetings with clients and and centers of influence that we work with. Um, also had a meeting with a global broker dealer that we also work with, and and you know we have found the partnership model to be very successful for us. And, you know, our company, what we've done is we've created a proprietary technology to help families communicate, uh, ultra high net worth families communicate about the purpose of the family wealth um, and certainly give everybody a seat at the table. Oftentimes the rising generation feels dictated to, there's research out there that indicates 93% of the time, the rising generation feels that mm. their parents are just kind of telling them what to do. That can increase resentment and all those sorts of things. So we give everybody mm. in the rising generation what we call a chip a chair and a chance and give them a seat at the table. And we help spark these conversations around communication, family legacy, gratitude, philanthropy, uh, family governance, the business of being a successful family, um, and certainly core values. So that's a little bit about what we do. We are the first... Sure. We're the first company in the industry to have a proprietary technology uh, to help families prepare for and engage in family meetings on what we call the qualitative side of wealth. Okay. No, that's great. That's There's so much, uh, you know, I'd love to unpack there. There's <laughs> a ton of things you said that I'm like, oh, that's what I want to talk about. That's what I want to <laughs> ask him about. But um, And for the listener out there, just, just to throw this in there, um, episode 40 was with James Harold Webb, and he mentioned Sean's company. Um, and that, if you have not listened to that episode, I highly recommend you go back and listen to that one. It's a fantastic, fantastic story that James has, and I know you know him well, Sean. And uh, it's um, yes, it's such yeah. a small world. It's crazy that you and I actually live probably 
within 15 minutes of each other. And um, we were uh, introduced by by James, who does not live near us. <laughs> no, so. he's in Cabo right now. He, he's having a good time. <laughs> yeah, he's that's, that's a good awesome. Time. Yeah, J- James has been, he's been a client since 2016. And about 2018, he morphed from client to very dear friend. And um, the whole family is really absolutely spectacular. Matter of fact, I would suggest people stop listening to this episode and go, to <laughs> go back and listen to that one. <laughs> He's yeah. more interesting than I am by far. But I'm not going to lie, sure. that, that was genuinely one of my favorite favorite episodes I've done, and um, and I am reading his book now, and I'm also reading a book called Entrusted, which is another kind of oh yeah, you, David York. Yeah, we know David. Yeah, exactly. So kind of. Mm-hmm. In the same same industry, if you will, which sure. is yeah, he's yeah. an attorney by trade out of Salt Lake. Yeah, got it. Yeah, yep. w- wonderful guy. Just trying to be in, you know, taking control. A lot of a lot of this show, the the a uh, lot of the theme of this show is about taking ownership and being intentional and taking control of not only your own personal life, but you know, those around you as far as impacting people in a positive way and, and really looking at your family. And obviously, everyone's situation is different, but. I think your story, Sean, is really going to appeal to the listener out there. So let's dive in. Let's jump into your backstory. And you can start at whatever point you'd like in, in your own backstory. But I know we talked a little bit about a couple of uh, points of uh, or types of adversity that you've uh, dealt with. Before we hit record, we hit on a couple of those. Um, one having to do with um, some health issues and another more focused on your business. Um, where would you like to start? Well, we can start anywhere you want, buddy. Um, you know, I'll follow your lead, whatever you think is best. Okay. Well, I know you mentioned um, some personal health challenges that that uh-huh. you've been through, and so the the you know the what I found with this show is these human elements that everyone goes through on some level end up these human uh, types of adversity, I should say, end up falling into health, financial, or relationship for the most part, or some combination thereof. And I know you've dealt with some version of of all three. Um, you know, but regarding your own personal uh, health challenges, um, can you you touch on that and dive into kind of what you've personally dealt with on the the health side of things? Uh, yeah, sure. So uh, back in 2010, September 25th, I was on a boat with two friends of mine on the Chesapeake Bay, and uh, we stopped to have lunch at a restaurant. I remember it was called the Hard Yacht Cafe that I'd never okay. been to, and we took my buddy's my buddy's boat over there. And I started working out with actually an ex-Marine the week okay. before. And I woke up uh, one morning and my right leg was numb. And I just thought maybe it would, you know, pinch nerve or something along those lines. And being mm-hmm. a stubborn Greek man, I just kind of kept kept going. Right? <laughs> sure. And, um, you know, it didn't go away. So Wednesday, Thursday, I call up my doctor at Hopkins and I say, you know, Dr. Fine, this is going, my leg's numb. And he says, well, you know, keep an eye on it. Let me know if it gets worse or let me know if it spreads. And I said, okay, you got it. So that Friday, I'm on the boat and we're at this hard yacht cafe and, you know, I walk in to, to, to go to the restroom and it's just a regular wood deck. And there was maybe half an inch between two pieces of wood and I couldn't mm-hmm. lift my foot over it. I, wow. I, I tried every fiber of my being to lift my leg up and um, I couldn't do I couldn't do it. So I called and my you, doctor and he says, well, sorry. has it spread at all? I said, yes, it's on my arm. And he oh, says... Wow. He says, get here now. I said, well, this is a bit of a problem. I'm on a boat. I don't <laughs> right. have a car. Right. So I walk up to my buddy, Scotty, and I say, uh, and meanwhile, Scotty is Mr. Social. I mean, so, you know, Scotty has a table of 15 people and like three of us went on the boat. And 
you know, Scotty creates a crowd. Mm-hmm. So I walk up to Scotty and I say, hey, Scotty, my doctor wants to see me right away. Can't feel my arm, can't feel my leg. And he says, ladies and gentlemen, I left my son back in my house. I'm so stupid. How dumb am I? And he calls his son, who I was friends with, and he says, David, I need you to get to my house right away. You're doing Sean a favor. So his son <laughs> leaves work at Friday afternoon, nice. drives home, and Scotty yells out, oh, I need a second captain. He's like, oh, yeah, Sean, you be my second captain. Okay, great. So he drives me back to his house. I get in the car. I go up to go up to see my doctor at, at Hopkins, and he does that whole thing where they you know, hit your knee and test yeah, your yeah. reflex. Sure. And when he got to my right leg, I literally kicked him in the chin, and his chin started bleeding. And he said... Wow. Um, I think we're going to take a. Think we're going to take a trip down to Hopkins. So he said, "Leave your car. I'm driving you down." Meanwhile, my wife, God, God love her, uh, you know, she doesn't know anything, and I'm thinking, "Oh, this is going to come back a pinched nerve." So we walk into the Hopkins ER, and it looks like a scene out of a movie. There was, I mean, it was just absolutely packed. There was a gentleman coming on a on a stretcher, screaming wow. that the devil was trying to kill him, and all kinds of crazy stuff. Wow. And my doctor said, "Sean, sit there." He flung open the two doors and I heard him yell at the top of his lungs, where's the attending neurologist? So about 20 minutes later, I'm in a room. Uh, about 1 a.m., they sent me into an MRI for 90 minutes. And now I'm back in my room at 3 a.m. and everybody's reviewing the MRI results. And the attending neurologist comes in and says, Sean, we've narrowed it down to three things. And I said, OK, what are they? He goes, well, number one, it's an infection. It's HIV or Lyme. And I said, I don't mess around with my wife and I'm never in the woods. And he said, OK. Second thing is it's cancer of the central nervous system, which my face just dropped. Um, And then the third thing is it's multiple sclerosis. And I look back at him and I'll clean up the language, but my exact words were, it's a pretty effed up night when MS is good news. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, pretty much. And, you know, admittedly, I didn't know much about MS and, Mm -hmm. you know, I got emotional. I, you know, I have a, um, you know, I have a son who, who, who has some special needs and I'm, just wondering who's going to be around to play ball with them, who's going to be around to take care of them. And, sure. You know, I didn't really understand it. So I got very emotional at that point. And yeah, I can't. And, and, I, you know, and that created some challenges in life uh, for sure. Yeah. And just for more context, and I appreciate you sharing. I know it's not always easy to, to touch on this type of thing. And unfortunately, we end up kind of glossing right over a lot of the, the real pain and both personal and 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 I know it's affected you know others <laughs> in your life as well um, as anything this serious always does. But um, it, again, what approximately what age were you, if you don't mind sharing that? Uh, yeah. So, gosh, it was 2010, so I was 37. Okay. I'll just, be just, I'll be I'll be 50 next week. I'll be 50 on it. Super Bowl. Okay. Yeah, nice. Happy birthday. Thank um, you, buddy. <laughs> but yeah, just just for context for the listener to understand kind of, you know, what your what phase of life you're in at that point that um and so yeah, I can't I can't imagine. I mean, I've never dealt with anything uh, personally that that um challenging as far as a health issue. Um and well, yeah. You know, the are... first 2 years were were miserable. Um, you know, doctors, I have in my opinion <laughs> one of the best neurologists you can have, Peter Calabrese, okay. he's absolutely phenomenal. But even he said, Sean, look, finding the right medicine for you is trial and error. You know, we're not going to know what's going to work, and what's not going to work. So I'm giving myself mm-hmm. needles every day with, I think it was Copaxone and then Rebif. And we couldn't find the right medicine for two years. And I just kept getting lesions and attacks. Um, so 2010 to 2012 was really rough. And then fortunately, we got um, we got the medicine figured out and things have stabilized nice. considerably since since 2012. So, yeah, you know, but I, it, it's... It's crazy. My doctor, when I was first diagnosed, he put me on all kinds of, 
you know, he's worried I'm type A and and I'm a driver and, you know, that, that, that type of personality. And he was worried about me getting depressed. Yeah. Um, so he wanted to give me all these antidepressants, anxiety stuff. And, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, he, he was definitely concerned about that. Sure. Um, yeah, I, but, yeah. you know, we fought through that and, and that wasn't as much of an issue. And really, once I got past the 2012 range, um, I remember I was there for my annual MRI and he says, how you doing? And I said, Doc, I've never been better. <laughs> and he, he looks at me, he's like, what do you mean? And as 2013, 14, 15, 16 and beyond, and really each successive year, I, I've actually formed a high level of gratitude for my diagnosis. <laughs> it, it really taught me a lesson about what's important. It taught me a lesson about surrounding yourself with people that care. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. we, I, I've I've adopted a motto that uh, my business partner, Roey Diefendorf, has impressed upon me since 2016. And that's you know, your actions speak so loud, I can't hear a word you're saying. Lots <laughs> of people say things, very less people do what they say. Sure. Um, so trying to surround myself with people that their actions speak so loud, you know, I yeah. understand the word that you're saying, where their actions are supportive of our mission, both business and, and of my family personally. Yeah, that's, um, you know, I don't, I don't, it's amazing that you're able to have that much gratitude for a diagnosis that obviously was, was devastating at the time and and um you know so and and i do want to dive in very soon as far as kind of your the journey to your uh situation now with your business and everything and i'm sure your health challenges have impacted how you view your business um as you kind of started to allude to there but um you know a lot of our listeners they've been through maybe something similar or 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 different you know challenge um but I think uh, one of the things I've I've taken away from from listening and, and talking to people who've been through some real hard times is, at first, you're focused on you know when you get this bad news and 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 obviously you have to work through it. It's not just the news, but there's a period of time where you're focused on yourself, and I think you you have to be. <laughs> and, and I'm not trying to play therapist here or, or you know expert uh, on how to get through an MS diagnosis by any stretch. But I think there's a period of time where you're focused on kind of processing and then and then, um, and yourself and your own pain. And and then there's a period of time where maybe you you, you start to take your uh, vision and, and place it on others and serving others. And you, you mentioned surrounding yourself with others. What did that just before we move on from, from this topic, what did that look like for you, you know, as far as that journey mentally um, from focusing on yourself to then kind of focusing on serving others? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's a heck of a question. I I don't, um, I think everything that I experienced with MS was wrapped around how's this going to affect my son. And that's what would keep me up at night. That's what, you know, quite frankly, you know, when I was first, when I was first diagnosed, I mean, I, I, the unknown is very, is very scary. And, and sure. Understood. I was still getting my arms around it, but, um, yeah, I was most concerned how this would adversely impact my son and, and, and obviously my wife who sure. is unbelievable in every way, but you know, it, it has to come from within in some way. You have to yeah. believe in yourself. You have to believe that you can overcome it. You have to, you have to find a way to make it a positive when something negative happens to you in life. And, and, um, you know, I got a, I have a child with special needs and, you know, he's going to yeah. be 16 in April and, you know, he's not out partying and he's not out drinking late at night. And yeah, 
loves his yeah. mother more than anything in the world. Now, most 16-year-olds are not that way. Well, that's a blessing <laughs> of having yeah. a child, a special Absolutely. needs child, um, you know, and, and obviously there's there's challenges that go with it. But sure. But it's you just a lot trying to find those blessings that, that, that are in there and, and, and realize that they're unique and they're valuable and not everybody has them. You know, not everybody has a 16-year-old who yeah. wants to hang out with mommy and daddy all the time. So Yeah, no, uh, my daughter's <laughs> almost 16 and <laughs> she's not uh, she's trying to hang out with us too much right now. But yeah, no, I, that, that's, that's a great point. It's all about your perspective and there are blessings and, and positives in every situation if you're looking for it. Um, so it, it sounds like having been through these hard times, it's really helped you kind of keep things in priority at, uh in perspective and, and, and reorder your priorities in some way, not saying they were out of whack before, but it, this type of challenge can really help, help you focus and focus your energy and, and, um, your efforts. So walk us through kind of, go ahead. It looks well, like you're, you, you, to say. You, 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 you bring up an interesting point because one of the ways that it absolutely changed me was, you know, prior to 2010, my entrepreneurial spirit was let's go make money and help people. Um, sure. and, okay. Post 2010, my entrepreneurial spirit was, let's go change the world and hopefully we can make money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, it definitely flipped on its head a little okay. bit. Okay. No, that's um, really interesting. That's... But um, it absolutely had an impact on my entrepreneurial spirit. And, you know, I once had a, a financial services company that we started, me and two partners from three of us. We grew up to 79 registered representatives from Naples, Florida, up to Baltimore, Maryland, and 220 insurance brokers. So, you know, building businesses is something that I, that I enjoyed, but the reason mm-hmm. behind it changed considerably that day or okay. maybe a few years after that day, once it all set. Sure. Set yeah. Right. Right. But looking back, that was the central or the, the pivotal moment, I guess, in, in what led to that. So that's, yeah, that's fantastic. So, and, and I, you know, I love the fact that it, the both ways you presented entrepreneurial, uh, the entrepreneurial spirit or endeavor, you know, or they're, they're both positive things in my mind is making money and serving others. Right. But so they're not like, counter to each other. And it's not like one is good and the other is evil, but flipping the priority, that's an interesting, I hadn't really thought about it exactly in that, in the, that context. So um, yeah, let's talk about how you, then what happened with your, your how you, how'd you create your current business and um, what, what's that journey been like? Yeah, sure. So uh, my wife and I are both attorneys by trade. I started working with successful business owners back in 2000, 2001. As I mentioned before, I got into the financial services business. Had a bunch of professional athletes, entertainers, but you know the 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 um, small business owner, small medium sized business owner was kind of my bread and butter. And mm-hmm. I was with a client in Q four of two thousand six, and we were doing some estate planning for him and his wife, and he has three daughters. And you know, you get done the estate planning process, and it's that it's a process, not an event. Ask James. I use that. <laughs> I say that to James yeah. all the time. The process <laughs> not an event, James. Yeah. Um, but certainly, uh, you know, there's usually this exhale. And this client of mine was a very cool blue analytical. He was not very expressive. He didn't use dramatic language. He mm-hmm. really was very introverted and quiet. Mm-hmm. And so we got done this long estate planning process and everybody signs the documents. Everybody leaves the big conference room. We've all been there. And um, I look at my client. He looks absolutely miserable. And we'll call mm-hmm. him Fred. I st- said, Fred, what gives? You look like somebody just kicked your puppy. <laughs> and his response changed the course of my life. He said, Sean, I am terrified. And when he used that language, terrified, he really caught my attention. I am terrified that this money will just mess up my three little girls. Mm, so I asked yeah. him, what are you going to do about it? 
He said, show me what to do and I'll do it. He goes, we go to church every Sunday. We have Sunday dinners together. Two went to Ivy League. The other one went to top liberal arts school, you know, mm-hmm. but they're not prepared to manage the complexities of wealth. They're not prepared to make mm-hmm. group decisions. They're not prepared to resolve conflicts because obviously people have different opinions and they'll disagree. Sure. Um, yeah. So that really caught my attention and his use of the word terrified. Um, and then I did kind of my own informal polling and talked to some of my other business owner clients. And I asked 12 of my business owner clients, are you worried about the negative impact of wealth? We mm-hmm. know historically wealth mm-hmm. is a source of disunity. I mean, look mm-hmm. at the Vanderbilt family, look at the Getty family. Sure. Yeah. I hate to Absolutely. say it now, but you know, there's you know, there's families today that are in the Baltimore Sun that are fighting mm-hmm. over money. And um, money can be that source of disunity. So just so real quickly I set what, out on a mission to flip that on its head and make significant wealth a source of unity and empowerment for families and the rising generations. Um so that's it. what really that's what really got me going to create more than money 360. I walked to my owners meeting of the financial services company that I told you that January of 07. And I said, ladies and gentlemen, kids of all ages, there is a hole in the middle of the professional planning donut. Mm-hmm. Successful families are concerned about talking about wealth with their children. They're concerned that their sure. children aren't prepared to handle wealth. They're concerned about creating trust fund babies. Um, yeah. They're concerned about entitlement, you know, winning the war against gratitude and, mm-hmm. and those types of important topics. Sure. And we didn't have a system process or structure to address that. And that's what Got More it. Than Money 360 is. Sure. It's a proprietary technology that nobody else in the industry has. You know, the biggest family offices and global broker dealers come to us. They mm. have RIAs. Um, yeah, because mm-hmm. if you look at the quarter analysis, it's about 27 months to build it, you know, anywhere between mm. eight and 11 million bucks. And, mm. you know, that's, as it's a, no small a, undertaking, no small, <laughs> well, the time, I mean, you know, for, yeah. Fill in the blank, big bank. It's not the money; it's the time. Right? Sure, sure, that makes but sense. When I talk to those companies, I say, "Is there anything better than right now?" You know, yeah, you can wait twenty-seven months if you want to build it yourself, and go ahead and do it. But what's better than now? So, we try yeah. to get we, we try to get the tools in everybody's hand as best we can. And back in two thousand seven, I started a company, Aspida, A S P I D A three six zero, named it after my grandfather, who was born in Sparta, Greece. I'm overwhelmingly okay. proud of my Greek heritage. And if you research the Spartan warrior, they deem their shield, not their sword, their shield mm. as their greatest weapon because it protected them to fight for their family another day. Mm. And that's what a speed of 360 was. It provides that okay. technology to help families fight for another generation to grow not only their financial wealth, but their qualitative wealth as well. So that's what led me into that. And I said to my partners, we got to build a process. And they looked back at me and said, that sounds expensive. <laughs> and they were right. <laughs> um, yeah. CCO didn't like it. So, you know, Tammy, Tammy, you know, kind of shot it down. So I said, here's my third. I'm, I, I got to go follow my passion here. Mm. Um, so that's what I did. Okay. So, and your driving force truly was trying to add value and solve that problem for those families. It sounds like, is that right? Yeah. I mean, you know, part of my success is, I guess my, my, I don't know if you want to say my confidence or my arrogance mm-hmm. in some ways, but you know, I was I was doing a lot of life insurance and life insurance mm-hmm. is a commoditized product. And I felt mm-hmm. that I was better than selling a commoditized product. But I didn't sure. know how to add value that nobody else was adding. Yeah. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about that, but that's because that's been a bit yeah. of a blessing and a curse. Okay. Um, so I just felt that I could impact families in a different way than sure. positioning life insurance and, and strategic yeah. wage was incredibly important. Incredibly important. Important, but less strategic and more transactional in a sense. Is that is that fair to say? Uh, without doubt, less transactional. I'm a uh, I I perform much better in 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 that relationship based sure. uh, professional long term approach. Yeah, Got it. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Understood. So okay. it fit my personality better and, and the unique value of it. It's, you know, if you need a life insurance policy, you need your money managed or you need estate planning docs. Yeah. You know, I give so, lots of public speaking. I ask, raise your hand. If you wanted to fire your wealth manager today, your attorney, your accountant, how hard would it be to, to find somebody? <laughs> replace right? them. Right. Not very hard. Right. Not very yeah. hard. But, you sure. know, find somebody to replace facilitating your doing. family meeting. That's, you know, strengthening family union, ele- elevating intentionality, gratitude, sure. shared values, purpose, impact. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're not on every corner. Um, right. and, and, and I love that. And, and that yeah. was a big risk. It was a big risk, but okay. today I love it. <laughs> so tell me, we're going to dive into, I know you mentioned before that you had a lot of naysayers along the way. Let's dive into that a little bit. I know you, you touched on it already with a few people who said that's expensive, your partners and, and all that, but talk about the people who told you you couldn't do it. Yeah, I don't want to mention their names because a couple of them work for me now, um, work <laughs> with me now, I should say. And um, yeah, they do. <laughs> Wonderful people. Um, yeah, so I had lots of people that 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 told me, you know, Sean, what you're doing has no money in it. Uh, families don't care. Uh, you know, you're 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 wasting your time. You're wasting your money. You're not going to make it. I've had people flat out tell me, Sean, you're going to fail. You you're you're, you're you're building something that nobody wants. Hmm. Uh, I heard that more than a more, more than a couple times, and mm-hmm. you know that wasn't easy. And sure, I put their yeah. pictures. You can't see them, but I had their mm-hmm. pictures on my wall, right in front mm-hmm. of me, above my above my three computer screens, and nice. they motivate me every day. All the people that told me we couldn't do it, and now we've done it in spades. And you know, yeah. again, that just it goes back to my. I mean, every entrepreneur has to have a level of, of confidence. <laughs> yeah, and no, absolutely. And, and believe it. it just I I believe yeah. that what I was doing was the right thing. And I right. believed yeah. that we were going to impact and help families and in turn the world to help right. them funnel their philanthropy and get them more engaged in philanthropy. Sure. No, I, I, uh, one thing I've been thinking about recently is just the, the role of ego and and you know in, in life and in success and that kind of thing. And I, I this is just my opinion, right? But it seems like in the last, I don't know, 10 years, it's been popular to kind of bash the ego and bash and, and you know, put that aside and basically say that everyone's ego is terrible and they need to chill out and be more stoic all the time. I do think just like anything, it can get, it can get run away, it can run away and be too extreme and, and uh, be a terrible thing, right? But I think you need an ego. I think you need some kind of, you know, passion and like you said, driving force that you're going to be a success and confidence. I mean, you know, and people walk that people like Michael Jordan walk that line all the time as far as confidence to cockiness. Where is that? I know Joe Burrow just said he uh, <laughs> he walks that, he probably crosses that line a little bit, but I don't think you can not have some type of driving force and what I would call an ego uh, and and still be a success. So I, I give you credit for, um, you know, staring at the face of adversity and, and the naysayers and continuing to move forward. So before we, we look at, and I do have some questions to fire off as well, but before we look at the, uh, kind of your profile of your customer a little bit more, talk a little bit more about your own entrepreneurial journey and just kind of what did that look like? you know, was it all you or like, you know, what did you build a team right away? How did you approach, speak to the entrepreneur out there who wants to start a business or just started a business? What what did that look like? Well, the first thing you have to do is research the market that you're going in. And that's the first thing we did was research. You know, what does the legacy governance industry look like? How is business being done today? 
Uh, where are the touch points? Where are the pain points? Why does this industry even exist? What problem are they trying to solve? And how could we solve it better? So mm -hmm. research was the first piece. We needed to know the market in great detail. Uh, we needed to know what was good about the market. We needed to know what was bad about the market. And we were able to identify that uh, in our research, which which took time, which takes time and money. There's no doubt about sure. it. But without that, you know, without having that fact-based approach, you, you know, you'd always be wondering, well, am I guessing here? Whereas if we did cold, hard research, we knew from the facts and the data where mm -hmm. a particular service was needed and where it wasn't. So that's the first thing we did was research. You, you, you have to know, you have to know sure. what you want to do and, 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 you know, kind of begin with the end in mind, so to speak. Now, right. tactically what, speaking, is that do you hire a company to do that, or do you just start Googling, or how, what? What does that look like to re, do the research in, in your case? Yeah. Uh, no, we 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 brought somebody in and hired somebody sure. to do it. Yeah. Got it. Okay, makes sense. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Got it. And and you have already said you hired. This wasn't your first business. I mean, you you've had a, a track record of successful businesses and an entrepreneurial journey along the way. So um, I can only imagine that you've had lessons that you learned along the way that you applied to this business as well. Um, mm -hmm. But talk to kind of what, you know, from inception through what uh, the growth of your company with number of employees or just how you've been able to to scale. What did that look like? Well, originally, originally More the Money 360 was not intended to be a business. It was intended okay. to be the personal practice of Sean Barber's. Right Got it. Me. Okay. Um, and that's what it was up until 2016. And I had no intention of doing anything differently. And then we were um, talking with a company called Family Art, which does kind of video archiving, legacy planning, that, you know, or legacy. And they would create like legacy videos and things of that nature. And mm -hmm. I was speaking to the gentleman there. I remember his name, Mike Stewart. And I was trying to create some sort of strategic partnership that could lead to me working with some more families and, and things of that nature. And mm -hmm. he said, you know what? I want to show... I want to show you more than money 360 to one of my advisors that uses family arc. And uh, the gentleman's name was Roey Diefendorf. It was July of 2016. And I started talking to him about how I systematized and created technology around preparing families to engage in qualitative family meetings. And he slams his hand. We're five, six minutes in, Jamie. <laughs> John, stop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he says, where have you been all my life? He goes, I do all this stuff. I've been doing it manually, teaching hours upon hours. And Joe Rowey is somebody who has, um, he's been an incredible, incredible mentor for me. Rowey will be 71 uh, next week. And, um, you know, he's sponsored, he doesn't like the word adopted. He has sponsored 78 orphans in Zambia. He's been to Zambia hmm. 41 times in 30 years. He's like, I'm going to Zambia next week. I'll be back in August. Call me. We'll get together. So, okay, fine. We'll do that. So I did. So I called him. He signed up and he said, you know, I, I, I want to be an advisor like you are. I want you to make me the next advisor that uses your technology. So I said, okay, fine. So I did it. And uh, my wife and I are blessed. We, we bought a beach place back in 2003. And I'm walking into our beach place Labor Day weekend of 16 and my phone rings and it's Rowie. And he says, Sean, I want to buy your business. I said, well, Rowie, it's not for sale. Because everything's for sale. What's your price? <laughs> And I said, he's a fiery red New Yorker. That's for darn sure. And I said, Ro, I, thank you very much for the offer. But, you know, mm -hmm. the concept of more than money is in my heart and my soul. It, mm -hmm. it, I mean, it is. It's literally more than it's money. Totally, <laughs> yeah, it is totally about more than money for me. Yeah. Because I respect that. Thank you. So then September 14th, I just found the letter. I come back mm -hmm. and I found this. I find this letter. September 14th, 2006. Sean, enclosure will find a check for six figures. 
This is my investment with you. Unsolicited, the man sent me a six-figure check. <laughs> the last time, like, here, here's the last paragraph. I just found it. I'm going to frame it. This has been great. <laughs> I realized my gesture was unorthodox in a day of distrust and rampant dishonesty, but I wanted you to know that I support you in your efforts and want to partner with you to change the wealth management industry. Look forward to our partnerships. Yeah. Wow. That's so, that's wow. The day, so that's the day that MTM360 became a business. That's wild. So, yeah, he's he's Rowie is a forward thinker. He's the gen, fourth generation of his family. They started Diefendorf Capital in 1875. Um, okay. Just a wonderful human being. So that's when we said, okay, let's make it a business, and, and, and that's what we've done ever since. And thankfully, that's we've awesome. had a ton of success. Yeah. So speak to that success a little bit. I don't know how comfortable you are getting into any you know numbers or anything like that, but just speak to. Maybe maybe your client profile or the the amount of business you do. What is just kind of high level? What does your business look like uh, sure. for the listener out there? So uh, we have the deepest bench of family meeting facilitators in the industry. We have sixteen family meeting facilitators, all of which present zero conflict of interest to any investment professionals, insurance professionals, attorneys, accountants, whatever it may be. And we have an advisor partnership program we call More Than Money Aligned, MTM Aligned. We align with the professional advisor who he or she introduces their, their, their clients to our service through them. Uh, one of the mistakes we made is we went straight to the high net worth family who said, Sean, that sounds great. I love it. And he or she would go <laughs> to their advisor and say, I don't know who no. this strong guy is. I'm not letting right, him hear right. my top client. You know, sure. oh, that's a terrible idea. Or oh, I'll have somebody else that can do it. You know, so forth and so on. So yeah. Um, we made the decision to to work through the advisor. That has been an absolute grand slam for us. Um, you know, our our, you know, our aligned advisors receive a dashboard in our technology. They can see everything that we see. Uh, another saying around uh, around our uh, around our company is transparency breeds trust. Right? It's thing. It's human nature. If I think Jamie Bateman's hiding something from me, <laughs> well, what is he hiding? Why is he hiding it? Does he not trust sure. me? Does he not like me? Does you know? Does he not think I can handle it? Whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, but that lack of transparency is absolutely elevates distrust. So transparency breeds trust and everybody can see one another's materials. And that was a real grand slam for us. And, and you know, for the longest time, you know, I had my eight families on the platform and, and had about, oh, I don't know, I guess it was about 55 individual family members on the platform. Okay. And now we have over 150. We have capacity for 330 um, you know, we have nice. partnerships with some of the largest family offices and global broker dealers hmm. in the country. That's awesome. So that's uh, th th that's a little bit about what we've sure. done and how we've done it. Yeah. What's the? Can you speak to the typical profile account? You know, not not, sure. not getting into names or anything like that. But but um, what's how much wealth are we talking about in a in a typical client family? I think it's twenty five million and up. Uh, many of my fellow facilitators, you know, that that work with us, believe that it's 15 million and up. I personally don't have a client that's not worth 100 million dollars. That's just me. The way my personal practice has worked out, um, you know, so it, yeah. it it ranges. Yeah, and, sure. and I'm also of the belief that you don't need to be financially wealthy to believe your net worth is more than money. To believe that your sure. life experience and your family unity and your core values uh, yeah. and the philanthropic causes that are important to you are valuable. You don't have to be wealthy. Sure. But what brings people to the table is, oh, I've accumulated X number of dollars and I'm right. concerned that it's going to have a negative impact. I'm concerned that I'm going to create trust fund babies, all the things we talked about at the top of the show. 
Sure. Um, so the more financial wealth you have, the more that is at risk. Because yeah. uh, we know 91% of wealth transfers fail in two generations, right? Well, what's the definition of fail? There's three elements. The legacy is slowly forgotten or homogenized. Mm-hmm. The financial wealth is dissipated and the family unit's fractured. Either through miscommunication, no communication or litigation, little Johnny's not talking to little Susie for some reason. Mm-hmm. And you've seen it historically. You could, I think it's sure. the Hulu show, show now about the Getty family. And, you know, there's all kinds of things that uh, all, all kinds of, you know, families that yeah. have had everything and lost it all and so forth. So, so you, you address all three of those aspects, correct? In your, in your yes. practice. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, no, it sounds, it's amazing. That's really, really cool. So, and now, so since 2016, the business has just continued to to scale um, from that point, yeah. right? I think by the end, of, I think at the end of 2000, so we we, we kind of launched MTM Align in 2017. I think by the end of 2018, we had maybe eight Align partners. I think now we have over 50. That's great. Yeah. Awesome. And, and, and growing. I love it. Uh, it's a very important topic. I mean, it's, and yeah, you, it's a lot to be said for, the undertaking and there's a lot of work behind the scenes that I know goes into all this, but it really does. I mean, congrats for, you know, making it to fulfilling your, you know, your purpose, it sounds like, and your passion. I mean, it's, it's I'm very blessed. There's no doubt pretty about awesome. it. Very awesome. I mean, so it's I incredible few... to have a centimillionaire, put his hands on your shoulder with tears in his eyes and say, I can't thank you enough for what you've done for my family. I didn't yeah, think, it, I didn't think we could do this. That it is, literally is, that's not, everything. Sure. It's that's because everything. it's not about the money. It's that's right. It's, it's more, and than we're that. not selling anything else. Only thing we want for your family is to communicate better, become more unified, more impactful, more purposeful, and more wealthy. There's nothing wrong with making mm-hmm. money, right? But no, it's how it, it's it's what's the purpose of that wealth? Sure. And is that wealth going to be a source of disunity and disagreement, like it has traditionally, or sure. are we going to flip it on its head and make it a source of unity and empowerment? And that's what we do. That's awesome. Yeah, I love it. Money can be money's very powerful and it can be used in very good and very bad ways. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So I do have a few questions I'm gonna fire off and then we'll uh we'll wrap it up here. Um what's one thing that people misunderstand about you? Uh my passion. My passion comes across as me being pushy, without doubt. Got it. Without doubt. Understood. I have my head to toe passion for this concept of more than money and it, yeah. At times, they can come across as pushy. There's no sure. doubt about it. Got I'm it. trying to work on it, but I've been trying to work <laughs> on it since 2007. I don't, I don't think I'm doing a very good job, quite frankly. Yeah, don't go too far, though. You, you know, it's probably <laughs> part of your part of the reason for your success. But um, what's one of your biggest failures, or however you want to frame it? Some people don't like using that word, but one of the biggest things, maybe regrets, or that you'd like to have a do-over with, maybe in the business world. In the business world, not personal. It can well, be personal, business- whichever. Well, from the, well, I, I've, I mean, well, let's just keep it business, I guess. You know, one of the things that I, I would have liked to do um, was meet Roy Williams. I wish I, I wish I met Roy Williams earlier. Roy Williams is one of the godfathers in this industry. He ran the Institute mm. for Preparing Heirs uh, in Malibu. Okay. Um, and I got to meet him in 2014 when he was in his mid-70s. And he said, technology, Sean, he goes, I'm too old to change my stripes. But he he was one of the few that encouraged me. He said, mm. you're the future. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. That's awesome. And um, unfortunately, about six months later, his wife got sick. And then soon mm. after that, he passed away. And mm. I, gotcha. I, I, I wish he could see what we've created. I, I hope yeah. he'd be. If you could go back and give your 18-year-old self some advice, what would that be? 
<laughs> That's a great one. I probably would have, I wasn't smart enough to get into an Ivy League school, so I probably would have focused more on lacrosse and tried to get a lacrosse scholarship <laughs> to an Ivy League school, probably would have there been you it, go. which you I think lacrosse? would have afforded me more opportunity. I'm, I'm, uh, my, we're a big lacrosse family, but we can chat later. Um, <laughs> if you were personally given $10 million, not for your business or not, not from, you know, not to place or uh, manage or anything, but if you were given $10 million tomorrow, what would you do with it? I would probably put it into my son's special needs trust. Love it. It's awesome. Um, what's one thing in your business right now that's kind of a, a big challenge that you're dealing with? Yeah, it's a great question. Wow. Where to start? <laughs> we're, always having a, we're, we're having a difficult time getting version six of the technology live. We were just meeting okay. with our tech folks. Uh, fortunately, we've hired two more tech folks, so we have a team now working on it. But um, that is certainly certainly one of our one of our big challenges. Gotcha. Um, from a you know, b- business development perspective, you know we're we're not going to cover off the ball again. It's a blessing and a curse to be as unique as we are. It's a blessing because once you get in front of somebody, they're oh my god, I didn't know you could do it that way. Mm-hmm. It's a curse because your phone's never going to ring saying, "Hey, you have a technology to help us prepare for multiple generations." Mm, you know, to mm-hmm. manage the complexities of wealth, that's never going to happen. So mm-hmm, you have to be right. proactive and go tell the story. And that takes time. Sure. Yeah. Um, and we've been very proactive to go tell the story. And, you know, um, we're seeing the fruits of that now. But um, I, I would say I would say dealing with the technology development is is most yeah. frustrating because well, I can't control about- it. Yeah. yeah, there's a, there's always yeah, <laughs> that's right. absolutely. But on the marketing and business development side, I mean, it's you've got to. Some people say, "Well, I don't I don't like salespeople. I don't like marketing people. They're slimy or whatever." It's like, well, if you have something valuable to add, you know, to the world and to serve other people, you've got to be intentional about getting your message out. Um, anyway, so um, as we start to wrap up here, um, what's a one book or two that you could recommend for my listener? Uh, good to Great. I love Good to Great by Jim Collins, yeah. without doubt. Uh, I think it's chapter two. I have really four quotes that we live by. I think chapter okay. two was the Truman quote that says, you can accomplish anything you want in this world, provided that you don't care who gets the credit. And yeah. that whole concept of level five leadership and, and so forth, I've really tried to do my best to embrace that. So good to great, without doubt. Um, and I would also encourage folks to to take a look at Dennis Jaffe's book, J-A-F-F-E. Uh, borrowed okay. from our grandchildren. It's 352 pages of genius. He researched okay. 100 of the most successful families in the world that have lasted 100 years or three generations. And what were the similarities between them? What were mm. uh, what were some of the things they did compared to the families that didn't make it three generations or 100 years? And, That's I mean, really good. I've read that book probably six times. And, and Dennis is, is, is um, friendly with one of our navigators. And I was talking with him and I'm showing him how I kind of ripped it all apart and mm. and and what really made me feel good is nearly everything he discussed in that book is in our technology what, so yeah, that's that's great yeah it was very supportive of the work very validating people. what you're doing um yeah i mean don't i mean he had i mean he, that was not his that was not his intention <laughs> right he wasn't writing the book about no, your I don't, business I don't think, but I, right, I don't think understood. dennis would be able to pick me out in a room but you know um, <laughs> yeah but, it's but still, you know, all that being said the research that he did definitely supports the work that we do and the business model that we have. Love it. What's one question you wish I'd asked that I haven't asked? Anything oh, you want to address? <laughs> What's one question that you haven't asked? Uh, you know, begin with the end of mine. Where, where, where is it you want to go? Where is it where, where, where is it you want to end up? 
know, I think I'd be that that would have been a question I would have asked. Yeah. Awesome. Well, when you interview me, you can ask that one. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> um, we'll begin Sean, at the end of mind. Absolutely. I love it. I know we're out of time here. Sean Barbarous, um, where can our listeners find you online? Uh, LinkedIn. Certainly, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, certainly, um, our website, morethanmoney360.com is our B, is our client website. Um, and they can also email me, Sean, S-H-A-W-N, at mtm more than money hyphen 360.com sean at mtm hyphen 360.com yeah i'd be happy to Perfect. answer any questions or any thoughts comments well, sean, that's awesome thank you so much i really appreciate you uh i know some of this stuff is difficult to talk about i really appreciate you being vulnerable about the the human side of things and and opening up for our listener to inspire them and you know encourage people that you can make it in entrepreneurship and that you, that the biggest thing I took away or one of the biggest was flipping the, uh, flipping it from, you know, making money first and serving others second to serving others is first and making money is second. Um, you dropped a ton of other, you know, knowledge bombs along the way, but that, that was a big one. So, um, thank you so much for your time, Sean. Absolutely. Thank you, Jamie. I appreciate it. And, uh, look forward to connecting with you all fine. Sounds great. And to our listener out there, thank you for spending your most valuable resource with us. And that is your time. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Hey there, it's Jamie Bateman. Ever felt boxed in by life's challenges? Dive into my new book, From Adversity to Abundance, inspiring stories of mental, physical, and financial transformation. Available now on Amazon. From a former bank robber's redemption to a young entrepreneur's victory over hurdles, these stories are not just inspiration. They're the roadmaps to your transformation. Whether for you or as a powerful gift to friends and family, especially those who might not tune into podcasts, this book is a beacon to a life of abundance. Ignite that inner fire and set your course to the life you've imagined. Purchase yours today on Amazon and light the path for someone you love.